welcome back to the Printaloo podcast. Printaloo is passionate about helping small businesses grow their business in an omni-channel world. That is why we have started this podcast to help businesses navigate this difficult time. I'm your host, Trudy Katsia, and today I have with me my guest, Sofaraz Khan. He is the financial advisor at Benchmark Capital Group, as well as financial markets trader at Propriety Trading. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you for having me, Trudy. <laughs> so we've had quite a long chat before uh, this started, but I'm super excited to actually get into some in-depth questions. So, uh, so far as, as I mentioned to you, I myself am more involved in design and marketing. I am not at all a financial expert, um, so I am in your capable hands today. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of you know small business owners, uh, which uh, you know are marketers, obviously, as I just mentioned to you, are small business owners and resellers. Um, are really struggling in this time. And I think a big issue right now is, you know, getting some, injecting some capital in order to stay afloat and struggling with liquidity, I think are big issues for everyone right now. So I think um, if we could start off potentially with you giving us a bit of a brief background on your role and your company and what it is you guys do, that would be great. Uh, All right, super. Again, thank you, Trudy, for having me on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in terms of of where I come from and, and, and my background and what the business is about, going to take it just a little step further back and so i personally i've been involved in the financial services industry all of my career thus far so spending at least the last 15 years plus and i've had exposure across various uh, different units and and business types within the financial services industry and most recently since the uh, middle of 2019 last year I had uh, then joined up with benchmark capital as a financial advisor mm-hmm. and what that really is all about and where that came from is that I saw an opportunity between the consulting, business consulting type of work I was doing while finishing up my postgrad studies mm-hmm. together with actually how do I then help people? How do I actually go about helping people and the businesses? Because the business consulting, of course, on the one hand, looked at how do we get a strong, better business going, more efficient, and all of those wonderful things. But at the end of the day, every business does boil down to its people. And so with the financial advisory component, also then look at, okay, how do we take care of the people and the business? That way around, we're looking at a holistic sort of solutioning around, um, and particularly in small businesses, which is tends to be my focus, and making sure that the people are good and the business is good. And especially, I think, now in these uh, very interesting yet challenging times that, that the pandemic has brought about, mm. more important than ever to, to really relook at a lot of these things and look at restructuring and just realigning it. Mm. I think the world needs more people like you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I've mentioned now, um, you know, people are struggling. And I think you've also reiterated that. What's your advice, your main advice right now to business owners who are struggling with things like liquidity, um, cutting costs, uh, how to inject capital in order to stay afloat? What's your, what's your advice for people like that right now? Um, so... You know, truly, it's it's quite an interesting one, especially because I think it's 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 I've I'm been finding at least that it's quite unique uh, for each and every business out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know generally, you know what what what's been coming up and the sort of the general speak around the whole thing has been um, cash flow concerns, of course, because mm-hmm. of you know reduced customers or depending on which sector you're operating in, maybe you've been shut down entirely mm-hmm. um, with the various lockdown levels and the like. And so, you know, there's concerns around liquidity, there's concerns around, of course, sustainability, 
uh, of the actual business going forward, even if they're allowed to reopen, does that mean they can actually continue as a business? Exactly. Or do they need to reconsider entirely? You know, there's, there's just so many factors that come into it. But, you know, so, so it's a little difficult to kind of give it as, give any sort of blanket, sort of broad advice on that front. Mm. But with that being said, you know, uh, there's, there kind of, there are a few elements that speak across, to, across any business. Okay? Mm. If we were just to keep it down to, you know, the basics of business. When talking around liquidity and, and the requirements around additional capital, et cetera. Now, on the one front, I mean, the capital front, we can talk to a little bit more because, you, as, as you may or may not be aware, that, um, you know, there have been various measures being made available on that front for SMEs, et cetera. You know, with all these um, things like the Solidarity Fund, the, the yeah, various private uh, individuals yeah. Yeah, who've, who've put up um, X amount here and there being managed by various other companies, et cetera, mm. around just kind of looking to get some sort of assistance to the space. And then as well as things like the UIF and, and you know, various other mechanisms to apply for and, and to sort of obtain some sort of monies to, to keep things going while lockdown um, or while not really being fully operational, et cetera. Yes. And those are all good and well, and they are external measures towards bringing into it. But the other big part, and it's something, you know, along sort of how you, what you and I were talking about earlier as well, is that there unfortunately does also need to be a cost-cutting component. Yes. Okay, and that's, and that's a very old school and a very simple way of looking at things typically, but it is also necessary from time to time. Mm-hmm. And there we talk about, you know, smart cost-cutting. You know, so, so for example, if you were to, um, let's say, so, so let's say you, you're a typical brick and mortar, um, outfit. So you've got a little store, you do your thing, you sell your, your product, whatever the case may be. Now, some of the smart cost-cutting, and if, if it were possible, I don't know, for example, would be the renegotiation on rental agreements and what that looks like. Mm. Um, you know, in certain instances, I am aware that, for example, in this strip mall type of setup, there's, you sometimes have a turnover arrangement built into, or turnover component built into the rental agreement. Now, obviously, with reduced turnover, your rent has automatically decreased. But I'm I'm going beyond that sort of a thing because that just happens to be part and parcel of the current agreement. Yeah. But actually, going in, sitting down with your landlord, and renegotiating what that looks like, having an open so conversation. Yeah, and 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 have that honest, open conversation around what it is, what can be done, and how you can work together. And I'm going to actually say you take that and extend it to any other measure, any other sort of component in your business where you are responsible or accountable for paying X amount out. So certain elements you can, in, in your own right, you can cut down. So like your own, your internal marketing, that you can cut quite quickly and quite easily. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't look at abolishing it because marketing, in fact, is one of those components I feel that still needs to be very strong, just needs to be done differently right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't, I don't think a business can afford to disappear off the scene entirely or from the psyche of the customer out there mm. in entirely just because the business itself isn't allowed to necessarily operate in the way they used to operate. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say it's quite unique for a business in, in what, you know, how I sort of would advise them what to look at and what to do. Mm. But as I was saying, generally speaking, these are some of the measures you can take just to kind of look at, at, at freeing up some liquidity to keep going. Because I do understand there's certain expenses that can't be either eliminated or reined in to the extent that it, you know that, that one would like. 
And uh, for me, Prime one wants one of those, and I think it's like wages or salaries. Um, and like I was saying, you know, the, the basis of my having come into the space and what I do now is looking at the well-being of both sides, the business and the people. Mm. And so I think restructuring, sure, but eliminating, I, I, I wouldn't go on that on that path unless it really came down to it in terms of retrenchment, etc. But that's a different, you know, that's a very yeah. different scenario. Yeah, well, I would hope that that is the last resort for most companies, I think. You know, and I think rents, obviously, right now, would be one of the first things that you look at because we're not using our offices now in any case. And even if you could, say, in the near future, you don't know, you know, if coronavirus is going to come back in waves. So there's no real certainty to that. I mean, Kintu, for example, we've uh, completely cancelled our lease. We don't have offices anymore. So until there's more certainty, we're working, we're all working remotely right now. Yeah, and, and, and see, and, and, it's, and, and it's those kind of those kind of changes. Yeah. And I say, and you know what I'm saying, sort of the, 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 the smart cost-cutting kind of thing. It's those kind of changes that still allow you to do what you got to do and how you do it. Mm-hmm. Just readjusting you know, I suppose a lot of the way in that respect, because also, you know, for a long time, and, and I personally have never quite understood it, but, um, and, and in the South African context, it's still a very strong infatuation with having these, these, uh, you know, amongst corporates, these large, fanciful buildings, etc., for people to come in and sit all day when they could very easily do sit somewhere else remotely, Yeah. you know, and, 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 and the cost, and the cost savings that come with that both for the business and for the individual, and even on your smaller businesses, where you have functions or um, roles that can operate remotely, I would strongly suggest better to look into how you do that and do that in a manner that you still feel comfortable and, and able to have accountability and responsibility and all of those good things come through. Mm. Just you don't, the person doesn't have to be sitting next to you or in front of you in order to do that. Um, no, so, so an example that comes to mind is, you you know, you when you have these... Um, I suppose I, I can take my my own my own type of role or, or business, etc. Mm. Um, any services related type of base, uh, business. Sorry. So you know, financial advisory, um, accountancy, um, even legal matters to a large extent. All of those kind of businesses, you don't need to be set set up somewhere physically that everyone needs to go to. You can quite easily with the right systems and fairly inexpensive systems. Put in place a mechanism so that you still have sort of the team communication things that happen. Yes, I understand it's not physically, mm. um, and that's one of the big things a lot of people have had to adapt to psychologically, especially with lockdown. Yeah. But it still still enables a lot of that to happen and a lot of the work to happen. And then the challenge, and this is where you know, if I take it back and link it back to I was saying something I need to still keep focusing on is the marketing element is to then get your clientele or your customers comfortable in dealing with you in that way, you know, and demonstrating that the value is still there or perhaps even greater because now you're you possibly one of the fewer that are available in a time and a lot can't operate. Mm. That's very interesting. I was going to ask you if you would consider marketing because, um, you know, we see that marketing tends to be the first thing that people cut completely. It's like it's a nice to have and not a necessary to have. People don't really see the value in it. But I was going to ask you if you think it's something worth investing in right now and why, um, you know, if there are any trade-offs that you think uh, people should consider. I obviously fully believe that marketing is something you should still, obviously within limits and you need to be very careful with yeah. how you approach it now. 
and you need to be yeah. you know, really need to keep a pulse on your market and make sure that you're in tune with what's happening and measuring everything that you are doing but i wouldn't say well, just cutting it is a good idea yeah 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 and 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 look i'm i'm uh, so along those lines really i am very much inclined to agree mm. um and i think like i said you know with my my focus tends to be uh more than the small business space and the like where you know you your your owners actually have a very very strong alignment to what the business is and about and and how it performs etc mm. you know in in that respect compared to sort of larger corporate type um uh, companies yeah um and that that marketing component is i think actually incredibly important at any point in fact whatever whichever stage or whatever it is that a business is going through because marketing to me is a far more holistic thing than just looking at you know pushing out some pushing out advertisements for example mm. to to just garner um sales or customers mm. it's much bigger and it's much broader than that and unfortunately i think a lot of the time when it does get cut drastically is when the understanding of its value and role um is, is minimal yeah in that respect absolutely so because it's also because marketing or as i as i understand and believe in it and this you know this is from the business consulting side of things mm. um look at it marketing is about communication and communicating your message as a company whatever that message is and whatever that message is about and whatever it's for but it's not the singular thing around well every time i market i must see an increase in customers or every time i market you know it it the in that sense the um you know to go back to the sort of more technical boring terminology on these kind of things of the marketing <laughs> ROI and all that type of stuff right sorry i mean i know that's not the most interesting for a lot of people but, no but it's it's um, valuable <laughs> something that should no, be it's, interesting it's <laughs> that uh, that marketing return on investment needs to be looked at i believe in a far more holistic manner mm. if you're only looking at it from the perspective or you or if you're generally looking at it from the perspective of i'm spending x many rands and i want to see why much you know y level of sales from that mm. it's not always going to be the case and you and you and you're going to get disappointed mm. especially in a time like now because now yes you'll be spending on marketing and you're probably not going to see the kind of ratio trade off you anticipate for in terms of you know new customers or customer uptake or new sales i however you you view that you know whatever you view as your revenue um indicators yeah 100% but um but it's about it's there's a bigger thing going on uh, you know the pandemic amongst amongst some other things as well happening globally mm. and it's aligning your message to giving your customers some sense of i suppose comfort or some sense of it's building brand loyalty uh, at the end of the day yeah and building the brand and like an understanding of sustainability behind it yeah. and that you know in in and that in whatever it is that you do as a business you're there for your customer mm. when they need you whatever whatever that thing is you do you know um if i if i take the example and I, you know i can speak more closely from a services uh, perspective as you know in that sense mm-hmm. or services type businesses one of one of my big things is is just creating an awareness out there of okay these things are happening you know so let's take um and it's it's a bit of a moot point but it's very real for a lot of people now right let's take the whole thing around um retrenchments for example yes okay um you know when when the whole pandemic first came and lockdown came in that there were a lot of companies rightfully or wrongfully or you know uh, correctly or incorrectly 
very quickly jumped on the idea of we need to do, they needed to look at downsizing, they needed to look at reduced salaries and all of this. And this was in a very short period of time, mm. which to me, on a different note, spoke to maybe not the best business planning itself, because if you're a large entity, I would have thought within your scenario planning and your business strategy and so on, you would have had some, some, you know, some sort of um, base within which to maintain as is before you had to jump to those kind of measures and not within the first month or two of things not going your way. Um, but um, we look at the broader retrenchment space. Now from a services business, um, and, I, and you know, from an advisory and planning perspective, well, I'm going, okay, you know what? I, let's accept that this is what's happening out there. However, here's where I can try and help you and guide you through it. Because these are the very real world implications of what's going to happen, you know, yeah. incomes, your covers, your investments, whatever retirement kind of view you had going, whatever restructuring now is going to need to happen for your personal cash flow basis. You know, all of those on a, on a broad, again, I always look at things from a holistic level and I may be overusing the word today. We consider, you know, consider the entire, the entire picture. Yeah. Um, then it's about just relaying the message that, yes, it's going to be difficult. Because we've got to, you know, on the one hand, we, we have to accept the reality of what's happening. Mm. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be trying. However, I can be here for you to guide you through it and assist you through it mm. in as best as possible. Yeah. It doesn't mean that with me being there or, or whichever, you know, whatever planning or whatever restructuring we come together is necessarily going to suddenly, you know, suddenly life's going to be a whole lot easier. No, but it is going to be better than if you did nothing. Absolutely. And I think I completely agree with what you've said that a lot of people tend to look at marketing as if I spend X, I want to get this out. And obviously that is at the end of the day, the goal. But I mean, mm. there's this uh, rule of seven. I don't know if you've heard of uh, the marketing rule of seven that basically says that a prospect has to see an advertiser's message at least seven times mm. before they'll actually mm. consider actually taking action to buy your product or service. So, you know, and with Google display ads, for example, Google display ads, their conversion rate are super low, but where their value is, for example, is in assisted purchases. They help build that awareness and kind of, you know, make yeah. that hit seven times with your consumer so that they're mm -hmm. aware of your brand and they're thinking of your name first before actually buying something next time. So, yeah. you know, you really have to measure all of these things holistically <laughs> and mm -hmm. not just look at the one, <laughs> not just look at the one, uh, you know, the ROI as this be all Yes, yes. Because, you know, and, and it's very interesting. You measure, um, sorry, Trudy, just to come in there, because you, you mentioned on, on the, the seven. Um, and I was just waiting to hear before you get to around how, what, what your, your view on the seven was or where it comes from, because yeah. I, I don't have the, very in-depth marketing um, theory or anything of that to that extent, <laughs> but um, but the, the the seven does apply as well in the sense of you know look at it is that those seven contacts before something can happen or before there's a psychological bind to, in terms of the trust behind what it is you're doing and that type of thing or what you're offering. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the awareness. That's the front of mind type of stuff. Exactly. And that's where you know and as you're saying that that marketing it's a shift in how you're marketing. Mm. So now you're not marketing to say, um, buy widget A for $9.99 was $15.99 or whatever the case is, you know. <laughs> um, you're more, I think now, and, uh, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm sure this is debatable, but in, in the way I've been seeing it and perceiving it, I think now it's like, okay, here's widget A. Like this is where widget A comes into making your life better. Mm. Or this is where widget A will come into to um into into assisting you during this time. Yes. You know, it's uh, in that sense, it's more about what is the value of widget A to you as a person. Exactly. But you know, also I do value. think there needs to be a mind shift change from we need to be sales driven right now. Yes, everyone is super desperate for revenue and obviously that's going to be on the back of every in the front of everyone's minds but at the end of yeah, the day yeah. i mean that loyalty that brand loyalty that you mentioned earlier is so important and it's sustainable mm. i mean if you you know and you don't have to necessarily be spending a ton of money on that kind of marketing um like content marketing blogging adding value giving your clients yeah, some yeah. advice for example this podcast that our listeners are listening to is completely free you, that doesn't cost us any money, but at the end of the day, it's about that relationship that you're building with your existing and with new clients. And that's going to benefit you a much longer than a quick marketing campaign that costs you X amount of rand and gets a couple of sales in the door. You know, so I think there is a mind shift change that also needs to happen. No, um, 100%, really. 100%. It's, it's that shifting away from, 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 I almost look at it as okay. It's it's a little polarized the way I, the way I'm going to word it, but um, essentially looking at it from being this whole sort of um, extractive scenario or situation or mm. or interaction, yeah, to one of actually or one where you're actually giving in and actually putting something back into it yeah. more so, you know, and and if you were to just you know strip it down by simple example, the extractive being. Um, Years, you know, years X pay so much, pay Y for it, and you get X, because there you're just looking at what do you get from it, essentially, mm. you know, as a business, because um, you look and say, okay, I want to get more of these sales, etc. Versus the, um, the the demonstrating and showing some sort of value that you want to add, mm. and from that angle, because you're first giving in before you get anything out, mm. you're not just saying, yeah, it is, and give me for it. You're saying here's what's what I'm actually going to deliver to you as my customer, as my client. Yeah. Um, and then the 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 sales or the return from that is because of what you're doing, not just because you swapped, you know, moves it from transactional, moves it away from a transactional kind of late, um, exchange to a dare I say a more relational based exchange. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's spot on. I mean, look, you've also mentioned um, briefly that, you know, you need to change how you're marketing now. Um, a lot of, I think, especially if you have a brick and mortar store, uh, that change probably was a lot more drastic than, for example, a company like Wintulu, which is an online company. The way we market and the way we communicate hasn't really mm -hmm. changed that much. We've maybe shifted our message a little bit to obviously um, be relevant to the times and to not be tone deaf. But at the end of the day, there hasn't really changed that much with how we're reaching out to our clients because we're online. But um, how yep. do you think business owners should approach? Because uh, now we're seeing a slow reopening of the economy, uh, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. How, how, yeah. How do you think business owners should uh, approach that in terms like financially? Do you think, um, do you think they should be investing in an online store? Do you think that that's, that's something worth looking at if you have a brick and mortar establishment and you don't yeah. necessarily have much of an online presence. I think every business, 
regardless of what your business is. And, and, and some of the listeners may or may not <laughs> drag me over the coals for this. <laughs> but I think every business should slash needs slash should have already considered some level of integration between an online presence and a physical presence. Mm. Okay. Firstly, and online presence, I know the general out there, just think is like, okay, is that he, my website? Okay, whatever that this website is supposed <laughs> to be or about, or whatever the story is. Um, and unfortunately, you'll find a lot of neglected websites out there if you go digging around from time to time. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one, you know, that's but one component. And again, <laughs> my favorite word here, holistic view on these kind of things, all right? <laughs> so you need to, I, I just believe you got, you got to have this whole rounded view on, on how those two integrate, you know, especially because if you're, and if you're the kind of business where um, brick and mortar is very much what your business is about. So, you know, again, quick, quick, easy example is a restaurant. Mm. Basically your business is about getting people in, right? Getting people in, people come and sit down and they enjoy a meal and experience and the ambience and the whole package, Mm -hmm. right? That's what the whole thing is about. It's not just about, okay, there's a restaurant, I want the food. It's, you go there again and again because you love the experience that comes about from it. Yes. Now, you're not going to be able to replicate the experience in a digital in a digital world. Agreed. However, there are ways to augment what you're doing there with some sort of online presence, and that's why I say it's not just about the website, but it's about how you how you continue to engage. And this, I suppose, ties in with, and like I say, marketing is a broader thing. It ties in with some marketing as well. Mm. is how do you continue to engage and relate the experience when the person isn't there Mm. they're not physically there and so um you know kind of going into your question around you know should they be looking at this should they considering it i honestly i think wholly so definitely Mm. but what and how and 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 if it speaks specifically to an online um channel or or, you know sort of online sales channel online store perspective Mm-hmm. Um, would very much depend on the business you're in. And that's why I say, you know, even when I'm, when I'm consulting to, to SMEs and the like, it's very important, you know, we start with looking, okay, what are you about? What do you do? Why do you do it? And where do you do it from? Mm-hmm. And in gaining that sort of picture, we can then say, okay, you know, what pieces can I plug into this to make, you know, to increase the value of what you're doing, both for you as a business and, and for your customer. Mm-hmm. So... I honestly, like I said, believe every business needs to have some level of um, appropriate or relevant online presence mm-hmm. and what that looks. And it needs, but it needs to be a, a sort of a living thing, like the strategy of the business is a living thing, like the regular, um, you know, like your team meetings are a regular thing. Yeah. How that whole thing is brought in needs to be a consistent. You got to keep it matching. You got to keep it live because otherwise like I mentioned at the beginning of this question was there's a lot of basically dead websites out there because people go, Oh, I need a site and they put it together. And then it's a little thing. And all it gives you is maybe an about, um, it's got a couple of pictures, some outdated pictures from things you've done maybe three years ago. Mm. And it's got your contact details where most of the time the email address is defunct, but the telephone number may work. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's, that's just pointless. Oh gosh! It needs. It needs. It's got to be living with what you do. Yeah. Same I, attention you pay to your store. The same attention you need to pay to that because that is also your store, so to speak. 
Absolutely. So what you do do, it needs to be something that you can invest your time in. I think a lot of people tend to, especially in South Africa, I think a lot of people um, tend to kind of treat a website as an online business card. And that's really not what it is. And if, if it's not necessarily suited to your brand, if it's not really going to help you reach mm. your customers, if they're not spending their time online, if they're, you know, if you're a beauty yeah. store, a website might not be the answer, especially if you're on a limited budget, a website can be quite expensive. You know, why not rather invest in an Instagram account and have a couple of ads running on there? You know, exactly. something that you should be, exactly. you should be able to, especially now because we're running on limited capacity, teams are a lot smaller, you know, something that you can manage by yourself without the extra IT costs and something that you are committed to actually keeping alive and keeping updated and communicating with your customers. Otherwise, it is a complete waste of time. No, and also, and also, I think online is not the only answer. I, I agree with you that there should be that aspect because um, mm. most people do search online for something if they're if they're shopping. That's the first place they go mm. to. But if you have more, you know, if you're in a strip mall and you're a beauty store, you know, maybe yeah. flyers or offline marketing. You know, like really well thought out integrated offline marketing that you can measure with QR codes or whatever might be a much better answer for you and your business than investing in a huge website yeah. that's just going to sit there. <laughs> and, and that's the thing, you know, have, having a, and, and you know, you, you're spot on there, Judy, having a digital presence um, is exactly, it doesn't mean, now you, you, you must have a website, you've got to have an IG page, you need to have a Twitter account, you must have a Facebook business <laughs> profile, um, <laughs> You know, and across any other number of, of platforms, etc. And you know, and you must have, and you must have a LinkedIn business page, and then a LinkedIn group. Mm. And it doesn't need to be this this large, complicated thing. Yeah. Like you say, it's you know, horses for courses. What speaks? Which thing speaks to your budget, your time, um, your interest? Something that you will actually um, yourself have some sort of engagement already, so that that you know. It will then kind of very integrate seamlessly to what you do anyway. So if you are someone who's on, um, going with your example, if you are someone who's on Instagram anyway, then have your thing set up there. You can very quickly put together flyers by yourself with a number of free apps and programs nowadays. Exactly. You know, so that need not cost you an arm and a leg. Um, you know, you could initially get a design in to just help you to get some look and feel consistent, and then you can use those as as your ongoing background to your message and things like that theme. Mm. So many ways to, to what actually suits and where to bring it in. And, and you know, you mentioned things like a beauty salon with, um, you know, you, you could, you could both from a physical and, and virtual QR code basis type of thing, you know, have that where you could, for example, you could have a little promotion and say, you know, to all your, your existing client base, if you've been boxing smart to get from the get go and you've, you've got this, this good, client-based listing built up with various contact info mm. you pop it out to them and it's a you know if this goes to your if this goes to a friend from you or something you know you'll get a five percent discount or whatever the case is but you can really just work them all into whatever is most appropriate for you mm. um you know from a services perspective you know just just from from that front mm. um i personally have just been going on the channels that make sense to me so with the uh, with the client base and the targeting, it's been um, very simple WhatsApp groups, right? Yeah. From from you know from from things as simple as a WhatsApp group or distribution list to slightly fancier um, you know put-togethers and things like that there around and and a bit of material 
that's then shared on um, via LinkedIn or the like. Mm. But it need not be, become this expensive exercise. It's just got to be considered, thought out, and, and targeted. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, so, Faraz, I think that's all we're going to have time for today. We're actually we've, we're running over time now. It's been such a great chat with you. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me today, making time in your busy schedule, especially on a Friday, and uh, sharing your knowledge with our audience. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, good luck with all of your future ventures going forward. Um, please stay safe and have a fantastic weekend as well. Um, yeah, thank you. No, and uh, thank you very much. I, I appreciate getting invited um, and that you see some value in what I may have to say. So <laughs> thank you very much to you and your listeners too. And I, and I, and I hope that they, they find this um, somewhat useful, even in the tiniest little bit. And um, if perhaps after this also, I'm, I'm happy to just exchange my details. And if there's anybody you would like to get in touch, they're welcome to. Mm-hmm.